It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This is, is the Go Birds Podcast. podcast presented by parks sportsbook and casino and uh we are coming to you late at night it is practically midnight about to be midnight a few minutes from midnight after a uh uh sometimes infuriating mostly thrilling agonizing at times eagles victory on thursday night football over the giants it's never easy with the giants elliot um quickly before and and i just i just want to say this from the jump like i was so impressed with what carson wentz did tonight and we're going to get into the whole discussion and i know the interception was bad it was horrendous and i know that there are times where he's infuriating when he won't throw the ball away but man he made some unbelievable throws in the biggest of moments and did it with basically the equivalent of me and you out there tonight we'll dive into it elliot what's up brother how are you oh my god <laughs> what what a game a game what a game. i mean seriously that was like it's almost midnight i'm tired but that's got to be one of the crazier Eagles games I've ever covered. I mean, I don't know when the comeback started, but I swear it feels like it can't. It's it like 
was completed within seven minutes of real time. Like I was looking down there. Certainly that first (laughs) touchdown was like a minute. It felt like it was like, oh, oh, they scored. Okay, cool. Awesome. Like there was no feeling of a crescendo of a comeback. It was just like all of a sudden, like, oh, they (laughs) they won. So true, Elliot. Like I, in the time it took me to tweet, uh, it's time to start rooting for the Eagles to get a draft pick high enough to get Jamar Chase. The Eagles had already scored a touchdown. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, let's go. Was it? Did the tweet do it? What just happened there? It was right. wild, man. I mean, normally, so I post a, a post-game article on the WIP website, like, as soon as the game ends. So for games like this, sometimes it can be difficult. But the crazy part is, at no point up until they were winning, was I like, wow, I should probably rewrite what I have. Because it just didn't <laughs> feel like it was... Like, it was really going to happen. I mean, that was... So, all right, obviously lots of thoughts on this. Let me just start off by saying this. I know to the listeners of the Go Birds audience, to the followers of me on Twitter, I know that sometimes I can be annoying. I know that sometimes you see some of my tweets and it frustrates you. But I am nothing but consistent. And if I am going to be a quarterback's wins guy, if I'm going to say that is the most most important quarterback stat, then I have got to start this pot off by saying that was an amazing win by Carson Wentz. Yes! If Dak, if yes! Dak Prescott wins that game, if Nick Foles win this, wins that game, if almost any other quarterback that we like to compare to Carson Wentz wins that game, then I am on Twitter, Julio is on Twitter, people are on Twitter <laughs> saying, look at that, right? Like, that was, that was a win, flat out. Like, Carson was not good the majority of that game. He wasn't, but... In a blink of an eye, he won the game. I mean, I'd have to look at his fourth quarter stats, but that throw, and I'm definitely ready to say this, that throw to Boston Scott was the best throw of Carson Wentz's career. It was better, oh, wow. it was better than the Miles Sanders throw against Washington last year. I mean, when you consider the window on that throw, Boston Scott's already small. The window on that throw was tiny. Like one of maybe the smallest windows I've seen on a throw with my own two eyes. When you consider the throw, the the spot of where it came, who he's throwing it to, like that was an unreal throw. And we talk a lot about Carson's accuracy on this pod, and with good reason. Like he had accuracy issues tonight. He finished 25 of 43. His quarterback rating still only 91, and it was like in the 50s the majority of the game. But that throw could not have been thrown any better. Flat out. And Carson deserves a lot of credit for pulling that win off. He just does. Like, that is, that's a win. That goes on his record as a win. If I'm going to sit here after games where they lose and say Carson deserves plenty of the blame and be correct about that, then I've got to start this off by giving Carson the credit he deserves for that game. Yeah, and look, you know I'm with you. I I very rarely open with a a mini soliloquy before saying hi to you, and I just, because even when I tweeted out that I thought Wentz was out saying I'm getting a bunch of people in the mentions and, I very rarely check my mentions, but as you know, but I was intrigued by like, I wanted to see what people thought of what Wentz did tonight. And to me, and look again, I, I know nitty gritty that the interception was bad. Like, I think he was trying to throw the ball away and he just, he didn't like, he threw it too short. He threw it into traffic and that was a horrible, horrible interception. He had certain plays tonight where, you know, it was so clear. It was like, throw the ball away, dude throw the ball away. What are you doing? Like three or four, like where you're like, man, like that's such a clear, like a second earlier, two seconds earlier, like you should throw the ball away. But, but we have to remind ourselves first and foremost, again, that 
he is literally playing with third and fourth stringers out there at a lot of positions. And that offensive line was a disaster in pass protection for the vast majority of the game. Like, he was running for his life. He was getting popped, playing again four days after a game where he got destroyed physically as well. But that's, you know, a separate discussion. But... You know, to do what he did with, with and look, Travis Fulgham, we'll get to him, but I don't think it's fair to, to count Travis Fulgham as the, the crappy receiver group anymore. I think that guy is no, straight, well, so, straight so legit. Let me interrupt you. Let me well, interrupt real you. Real quick, really let me just finish okay, with the okay. idea that ahead, just, from ahead, a, just from a reps perspective, from a, like they Suo Peta on the line, like a line that haven't played together at all, and it showed Lane Johnson going on and off the field, like struggling a fair amount throughout that game. And then no Miles Sanders, no Zach Ertz. I mean, he's throwing to Rich Rogers. I mean, Rich Rogers was a big part of the game plan. I mean, John Hightower made a catch. I mean, again, JJ had a catch, just one. Uh, but like, <laughs> just to the point that like, yeah, I think Travis Fulgham's legit and that's, that's fair, but really doing it with a, a real, uh, lack of, of guys out there who've played football together and a, a real lack of, for the most part, like high end NFL talent, certainly high end NFL talent and even like good NFL talent. So I agree with you that he's playing out there with guys that are not proven that are not like even honestly the giant the weapons that the giants had right um and Definitively, i'm not yeah and this is this is a victory pod so we are you know this is overreaction this is what it is but i think we should also give these guys some credit and I, this was kind of like last year when people were saying he's doing it with practice squad guys and he was but i thought that was kind of a little discrediting what they were accomplishing like greg ward is a legitimate nfl receiver greg ward is a starting nfl receiver yeah I, you're, uh, that felt. was unfair of me for not to include greg, greg ward's a good player Greg Ford makes well, but plays. Travis Fulgham is a good player. Like Richard Rodgers, you know, mostly sucks, but he's been in the NFL a long time. And I'm not doing this to discredit Wentz at all. I'm just saying that, like, I don't need Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey out there with him, right? Like, I'm not going to sit here well, and clearly, say, clearly, yeah, look, Deshaun so, gets hurt and they run down the field and and that you know not to. And again, I don't want to see Deshaun get hurt. That sucked. It looked like a rough injury, and you know, I was a horrible play. But like, you know, as soon as. Deshaun's out yet again. Carson gets rolling. It looked like it's, really it's bad. Really, too. Yeah, I, like, it did. They had, on the sideline. Yeah. I mean, he could, yeah. he could barely I mean, look, walk. Look, it up. is like it's with, and that sucked. Like the way it happened, looked like it sucked, and that it could have been two penalties on the play. It felt like it was a, a spearing and a late hit after that. Um, but regardless, yeah, it sucks that he got hurt. But you know, for some reason, he, you know, when he goes off the field again, the offense gets moving a little bit. It's just you know, for some reason, Carson Wentz with these younger guys is as we talked about, just better. and But again, I think the offensive line can't be underrated. I, I agree Fulgham's a good player. I agree Greg Ward's a good player. But it's also the amount of time you've had to play with these people. And also, again, that offensive line was a disaster in pass protection. Yeah. I mean, it really was. It was it was a rough night across the board. Well, yeah, so let me ask you about that. So I'm, I always have a... I always feel like I have a different opinion of the offensive line than other people do watching it live, and I'm perfectly able to sit here and say I'm just wrong. So I asked—I I sit next to uh, Jimmy Kemsky in the press box, and I asked him what he thought, and he said the offensive line wasn't good. You're saying that you didn't think the offensive line wasn't good. I mean, I thought Suo Peta struggled early on, then he improved somewhat. I, I thought that the offensive line was not great, but I don't know. I, when I was watching the game, I didn't think the offensive line is why this offense is struggling. Is that? Did you have that? Yeah, it was it? a big reason okay. why it was. It was a part of it, okay. a big part of it. Like Carson was under duress the vast majority of the evening, and 
And, you know, they had some nice runs at times, but certainly weren't able to run the ball with consistency throughout the game, though. I mean, clearly, even outside of the catch, and and, and it was a perfect throw, and, and I don't know if it's the best of Wentz's career, but it's certainly in the discussion, no question. And considering the moment after they get that penalty, they're on the two-yard line or whatever it was to get that penalty right. or the three-yard line to go back to the – and to hit that throw at that time was just – I mean, it was as clutch as a throw could be obviously outside of a, a bigger stakes game like the Super Bowl or whatever, you know what I mean? But uh, the catch from Boston Scott was amazing too. I mean, let's not forget, like that was a brilliant yeah, catch a by catch. him as well over the top of his head like that and to get his body down the way he did, the body control, super impressive. Easily the best Boston Scott we've seen this season, like by far. And, he looked he and, looked quick tonight again. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't great in the running game, I thought for the most part, but maybe that was there was no holes there. Um, by the way, I'm in the press box and they're showing a replay of that Jan Daniel Jones long run where he just falls. Oh, with like... oh, I was going to get to it. I have a whole list of stuff to get yeah, to. Yeah, I know you do. Sorry. I was oh, just, I was no, just no, 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 no. Of course, of course. It's just funny because that was, of course, like that is definitely the most memeable play of the game, I think. Yeah. Um, but the other thing about the Carson Wentz throw, and I've I've seen it twice, so I'm pretty sure this is what happened, <laughs> but I am tired. I mean, it seemed to me like he just stepped up in the pocket and threw that. And that makes yeah. it. Oh, it was a total <laughs> pocket throw. That makes it that much more impressive because we're not talking about him, you know, scrambling out and then you say, roll him out, roll him out. Like he made that throw from the pocket. And that's what's interesting about Carson is you if you watch the highlights from that game, you you come away from it saying like, wow, Car you know, Carson played really well. I did not think he played well the majority of the game. Now, as I started the pot off with, you know, he still deserves credit. He won the game like. I think I'm good, probably going to make him my Toyota player of the game for the second. Oh, straight you week. have to. I think you have yeah. to. Yeah. Well, I mean, Boston Scott, I can make an argument. No, but yeah, I, I, I'm t I like that. Yeah, I think it's Carson. Um, but what I was going to say, though, is the thing about Carson is he, he will make some maddening throws. And you, you brought up the interception. I actually thought the worst throw he made all game was the one where he kind of like scrambled around in the backfield. I think he probably turned around twice and then throws it across his body on the run to a receiver that I think would have two, two uh, defenders around him. So... Like th oh, yeah, there were, that was a horrendous one, too. Yes, yes. Th there were bad throws from Carson, but then you see him make a throw like that, and you're like, this guy could just do it more often. He would be the quarterback everybody thinks he can be. And so, I mean, yeah, just, just an unreal throw. And honestly, sitting here, I still can't believe they won that game. Like, I know. I, I, blink of an eye, they won. They went from, like, everyone— Well, we went from, like, se season literally over, like, draft pick to— we're winning the NFC East again. And it's, and it's ridiculous. One other thing, though, about Carson that I, I think, like, has to be mentioned, like, because it is a quality of a quarterback that matters. Like you said, look, there are reasons to criticize him. He's not a perfect quarterback. We know that. But but the dude is a gamer, man. Like, that dude, that dude goes to war. Like, he goes out there and he battles, man. And he fought back and obviously won the game. But, like, he goes out and he throws his body out there and he takes hits and – he really sticks in the pocket and he'll take a, you know, a big hit, like, and, and just fights till the end. Like, I think that has to be said about him. Like that is something that matters in a quarterback is someone who's going to go out there and, and fight till the last drop with his brothers out there. And I, I do think that that's a trait that Carson has in spades, like, especially again, mm -hmm. considering the group that he had out there and considering the punishment that he took, especially again, I, like you can't, underrate the punishment he took on Sunday to come back on Thursday night and get hit like he did again tonight. Like 
that's tough, man. Like that that takes well, a toll, and he battled. What's interesting is, you know, I think the the narrative and probably the most talked about thing about Carson through his first five or four and a half years, wherever we're at, uh, was would probably be the injuries, right? I mean, when when, when like the national audience talks about Carson, totally. I think the first thing they think about is the injuries. But that in the someone, 2017 season, like right. that in like that MVP 13 Correct. games. Correct. Yes. But um, where I was going with it was, but when you watch Carson every snap, I mean, he is he is not really injury prone in some ways. Like I get the label of why he is and those injuries are there, but man, he, he is very tough. Like he does He's get hit a lot. Tough. Yeah. There were three or four plays today where he got hit and you know, you, you, there were the type of hits where you watch on the ground to see if he's going to get up, you know? And like, he'll, he'll pause sometimes, but like the dude does take a lot of hits. He definitely deserves, deserves credit for that a hundred percent. So although, you know, the injuries are real and they have happened, like it's amazing for a guy that, the, the main thing is injuries, how tough he is. Yeah, and how much of a beating he takes. Like it's, It yeah. is wild. You're right. Um, all right, let's get on to some other stuff. Um, I want to get your opinion on this because personally, and if they lost, I was going to put the most of the – I mean, like, look, anytime they lose, ultimately for me this season, I put the blame on Howie Roseman. Injuries to a point as well. I'll be fair. Like, they've been crushed. But it ultimately all comes back to the roster for me in a, in a macro sense. But this particular game, I thought Doug was awful. I really was. And I very rarely mm, come out right. of a game thinking Doug was one of, a detriment, at least in the sense that, look, I came into this game and I said this to you, that I thought the biggest advantage the Eagles had in this game was, was Doug Peterson over Joe Judge. And that didn't materialize for me at all. I mean, Doug Peterson's short yardage game calling outside of the Greg Ward touchdown was disastrous tonight like multiple times obviously that the the fade route to Kimba a fade route to a guy who has not had a target all season first of all fade route in in fourth down first of all backing up I would have kicked the field goal there I would have taken the points but regardless that's yeah. a, a separate discussion I would have taken the points make it make it eight and then you're not you know and look they came back and they won in spite of it um but in that situation, I would have taken the field goal. But ultimately, if you're going to go for it, to call a fade route to a guy who hasn't had a target all season long, like it's a lazy, bad play call in that spot. And obviously, the 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 uh, two third ones, the Wentz uh, sneak on the on the two point conversion yeah. was just a poor play call. And then at the end, the 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 hurts, and it didn't end up mattering because they stopped them. But I didn't like bringing Hurts in in that spot in the sense that Wentz just walked down the field twice, made his biggest throw of the game. You said the best throw of his career, and you take him off the field to run a Hurts play. Like it just didn't make a ton of sense to mm -hmm. me. The whole short, particularly the short yards game play going and then of course the the penalty uh you know not throwing the challenge flag in time like there were just a, a lot of instances tonight where it it didn't feel like it was a top-notch Doug performance to me so I think it started off as a good Doug performance I really liked that they come out that they came out in yeah. tempo I thought yeah, that the, the first too. series you get Deshaun Jackson involved early which whatever I mean <laughs> if you're gonna play him the only way yeah, to make I agree I agree him involved early so he'll pout I, I otherwise actually, you need to have him like, you know, not pout, but he'll, he's like, he's a guy who checks uh, out of a game. You need to have him involved. I think pout, I think pout's a fair word. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, as someone that sees him on the sideline, I don't know. I think yeah. he looks disinterested if he yeah. doesn't get involved. But the point early. is so, like, he, he will check out. Exactly. Yeah. So I actually thought Doug got off to a really good start to the game. Um, and I think it's hard sometimes to separate 
like Doug's play calling from the execution on the field, just because we don't know what the play call is. We don't know what Doug was thinking in that moment. But to me, the Hakeem Butler throw was just like Carson went right to him. Like th- that was, oh, it was either, clearly either Car- the play call. No question. Right. Unless Carson saw something where he was, you know, like maybe it was called something else, but he saw something at the line. And I'm sure Carson will, will talk about that. But that was just an inexcusable play call. Honestly, Hakeem Butler, first of all, and this is going to sound crazy, but if you're going to call that play, like throw it to Jason Kroom, right? At least he has caught a touchdown before. I mean, at least he has to Travis on- Fulgham, Travis Fulgham, well, six, two, well, he's I, not a I, small agree. guy. Yeah. You know, no, I agree that I, I mean, obviously there were way better options. My point is, if you're going to throw it to a tight end, like why Hakeem Butler? He's barely yeah. played. He wasn't even active. Like Richard Rodgers would be a better option. Richard, Richard Rodgers would be made, better, made you know? catches. And again, yeah, so the I, fade route in and of itself is just a lazy play call there. It just is. Yeah. And no, I, that I was that at that moment. That was the most important play of the game at that moment. And it just felt like that's the best play call you got in your bag, Doug. Like that's your your go to play call for the biggest spot mm-hmm. of the game. Like I just, I, it bothered me. Like I, I really thought it was a horrendous spot for Doug. And again, look, they won. But again, I, I thought it was a theme all night. Certainly with the short yardage stuff. I mean, again, like point to a lot. I mean, it's very rare that I could say like two third and ones, two two point conversions, uh, a big fourth down at the goal line, like. I mean, that's like, and I mentioned, what, like, there's like five or six definitive short yardage calls where you can be like, what the hell is he doing? Like, that's a bad well, and call. I think that's a difference between this Doug performance and what we're normally critical of Doug on. Normally, when we're critical of Doug, it's because uh, the offense looks unimaginative or he doesn't roll Carson out enough or something like that. It's more like large pitcher stuff. I don't think we often leave games critical of like very specific plays and decisions. I mean, you can point to the punt against Cincinnati. And even going back to 2016, like, I don't know why I'm thinking of this play, but that random screenplay he called to Darren Sproles on, like, fourth down, I think it was. So I don't know why that popped in my head. But there have certainly been moments. But I can't remember leaving a game like this one where you can point to four or five really bad decisions on specific play calls. Like, you mentioned the third – was it third one or fourth one where he just runs Boston Scott right up the middle? Third and one, yeah. They had two third third one, ones. Third one, one was yeah. that, and the other was a Wentz sneak. And the 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 Wentz sneak was on. It was like third and one and a half. Like it really was. Right. You could see it very clearly. It was like, what are you doing there, man? Like I get yeah. it. Wentz is great at that stuff, but like it's got to be like Hasn't third been and a short recently, yard. Though. And even, even it feels like recently has not been as effective. And it's got to be like a a short yard. Like it's got to be like. And you're right. It hasn't been as effective. But I feel like you're pushing it when you're going for like a full one, a full one and mm-hmm. a half, like. That's a lot to ask. Like, what you need from Carson is him to be able to push his body forward enough, and he's tall, and he can get a half a yard, a yard. Like, you know, I just and and also again, like, it just feels like lazy play calling there. Like, where's the creative stuff? Where's the dude who called the Philly special? Like, where's that guy? I, I want. Well, and I, look, I I'm it's... not. I'm not asking for trick calls. I'm just saying like that type of chutzpah with the play calling in those situations. And look again, we saw it last week on the Ravens play at the end of the game. I mean. The most important play of that game, that two-point conversion. Like, we all agree. Like, it was a blown play for sure, but certainly not a a great play call. Certainly not something that looked like it would have worked even if it were executed well, you know? So, I don't know. I I just think it's a theme that's developing a little bit. Yeah, well, I think that it's – look – the Philly special will always be the example of like ballsy Doug, but it's just so much easier to make those calls when your team can execute things. So I I think that – Of course, I know. Can't blame him as much for that. But, yeah, look, I didn't think it was a great Doug game overall. And, you know, I 
I can't, now that we've kind of been positive about it and look, it's, I almost tweeted this and it's crazy that I went from, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter tweeting, do you even want them to win the game to thinking this? But the the reality is this win counts just as much as a 40 point win, totally. right? I mean, they, they could have won this game 50 to 10 and it would count just the same. And as we've seen with this Eagles team and, you know, a lot of teams in the playoffs, it doesn't matter how you play weeks one through like 14. What matters is how you're playing going into the playoffs and how you play that game. So it was ugly. It was bad, but I don't know. It doesn't change my opinion on thinking the Eagles are still better off making the playoffs because we just saw that, you know, things happen. And imagine if this was a playoff game, right? I probably they would have no chance of winning it against a quality team. But, you know, imagine, imagine a world where, where Carson throws a game-winning touchdown pass, right? Like that is huge for his development. It matters so much more than anything else. And so I just think anytime there's a positive for Carson to build off of, it's a good win. And, you know, they were really bad for the majority of this game, but Carson's going to, you know, leave the stadium tonight feeling good for the most part, I would think, about how that ended. And that really still matters in the development of, of him and this team. Yeah, I'm 100% with you, and I, I have been with you. Um, look, I, I understand the argument of of it's better for the future of the franchise to get a higher draft pick, to get closer to getting rid of Howie Roseman or whatever, which is I am – Again, every time we talk, I'm 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 more on the the done with Howie bandwagon. But um, I you know I, I understand that that thinking again. I as we've talked about, I just was there with the Phillies and Matt Klintak. I wanted them to lose and not make the playoffs. But I'm definitely with you on this. Like I still think getting Wentz to the playoffs, getting a chance for him to win a playoff game, getting a chance for him to get meaningful playoff reps and get that confidence and understand what he can do in a playoff game is the most worthwhile thing. But it it's clearly going to be ugly. Ugly. To be fair, Giants Eagles games seem to just always be ugly. You know, it's like you said going in, and that's why you were right, and I was wrong. I thought I felt confident they would win by a touchdown or more that type range, seven ten points, and and you were just like, man, mm-hmm. these these games are always tight. Like they're always tight. Like and and it was well. It was. So really quick, Doug. Doug is at the podium, and he said. Uh, that that play call for uh, Hakeem Butler was designed for him, and they called that. So that was not Carson's decision. <sighs> Terrific. That was so that's Terrific. that's terrible. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's flat. I mean, terrible. that's horrible, man. Um, well, and I so large picture, or I guess more on a micro sense, looking at this specific game, I think that the Eagles can't fool themselves, and I don't think Jeffrey Lurie will, but they also can't fool themselves into thinking, like, they played poorly, and that's why it was close. Like, the Giants were the better team for the majority of that game. This was not Well, the hold up, hold up. I don't think that's I, fair. I mean, the, okay. fir- the Eagles should have been up 10, I, I the Eagles should have up 10 to 13 points in the first half. Like, they dominated the first half. If it weren't for the Wentz interception, if it weren't for the Jake Elliott missed field goal, I mean, that's at least six points there on the board and okay, potentially but those, but 10. Okay, but those are things that happen. But those no, are things that happen. I, I strongly disagree. I think the Eagles dominated the first half. I think the Giants dominated the next whatever until five minutes left in the fourth quarter, yeah, and then the yeah. Eagles won. Like so, like they both but, dominated but, at times, but I definitely would argue. I think the Eagles dominated the first half personally. I mean, agree or disagree, but I I think personally. Well, they let, the first half. let me let me state let me state my case. So sure. I, I think that, like, yes, Carson's interception mattered, but Carson also, as of now, I should say, is tied for the league lead in interceptions. And Carson is a guy that's thrown interceptions this year. Jake Elliott missed a field goal. Jake Elliott has now missed a field goal in three straight games. Like there were penalties. The Eagles 
uh, have struggled with penalties this year. So I don't think I can sit here and say they played a different game than what they normally do. This is not a team that comes out and dominates from the jump. This is not a team that really, I can't remember the last time they played an extremely impressive football game where like from beginning to end, you were like, that was a great game from the Eagles. So, you know, I, I, I don't honestly, and the watching the game in the first half, I don't even know if I could sit here and say the Eagles had a much more talented roster. Like I know now there, there's injuries, but so I, I just don't think they can fool themselves into thinking, you know, oh, we're, we're close. If this, if oh, this, well, if this. I agree like, with that. If that's your ultimate point, I totally agree with that. I do think, though, for the first half, like, I agree, interceptions and things that happen and all that, but, like, they still moved the ball well against the Giants in the first half. They held them defensively for the most part, other than the Golden Tate play, well in the first half. Like, I, I think they did a good job in the first half comparatively and could have been winning by more, but you're absolutely right. Look, the the fact that they weren't winning by more is absolutely the fault of their own. Um, but I look, I, I just I don't think it's fair to say the Giants dominated the game or were the better team for the majority of the game. I, well, I they, at least well, I didn't see it. They were outplaying the Eagles. I only they were only from the, the from the the sec start of the second half until four minutes left in the fourth quarter. They were. I don't think they were in the first half. Like I really don't. Like not the first half I watched. I thought the Eagles completely outplayed the Giants in the first half. They just made a couple mistakes that cost them a bigger lead. Like, that's how I saw the first half. Yeah. I mean, look, maybe that's fair. I just know that my feeling watching it was this is not the Eagles losing to a far inferior team. This was the Eagles Oh, I'm not saying they were, team. like, dominant, but they were the better team for the, for the first half, I thought. Like, they were the better I team. I guess, kind of. I guess. I mean, I, I remember thinking to myself at one point, like, is the Eagles' future even considerably brighter than the Giants? Now, you know, things change throughout the game. Nobody hold me to that. But I'm just saying my feeling watching that was not. Huh. Well, we, well, yeah, I, we had. This is, this, that's interesting. We had different feelings. Yeah. Dif different, different, different feelings. Well, that's what makes the world beautiful, man. The, uh, yeah, look, it really I mean, is. How interesting would it be if, if, if everyone listened to the podcast and they were like, we were just like, yeah, I agree. I agree. You agree. Yeah. Yeah. Would not be interesting. No. My mentions would be very different. So, <laughs> yeah, well, but, but ultimately. <laughs> But ultimately, they ended with the win. And I, you know, it's a perfect game for debate because there'll be a crowd that'll say, this doesn't matter, blah, 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 blah. And then there'll be a crowd that says, look, they won the game. And they did. And Carson played well at the end. Um, what'd you think of the defense? Well, that's literally, boom, great minds. Boom. That was going to be my next boom. question. We can agree on that. Yeah, uh, beautiful. Um, so that was literally what I was going to ask you. And uh, here, I'll go first then. I, um, I thought the defense played well enough to win. Clearly, you know, you give up 21 yes. points against the Giants. Like, you should be able to win that football game. Uh, there were some lapses that were incredibly frustrating, you know, um, spots where it just felt like they kind of let up and the defense was giving up big chunk plays. And, and when Wayne Gallman was gashing them for a bit before they shut it down on that last drive where it looked like they were just going to run out the clock and finally the defense came through. Um, but I, I thought on the whole, the defense was solid, like not great, but solid. Mm -hmm. I, I really liked Schwartz's game plan. We saw a ton of blitzing from Jim Schwartz. Like that was, that was good to see. I think this giants offensive line was clearly a huge mismatch for the Eagles. Like that was the biggest mismatch coming into the game that we talked about in it. And that totally bore out. Uh, I thought, you know, for the most part, you know, Dan, that that period we talked about where the Giants took the lead and played well, um, 
I think the the main exception to the D line kind of dominating, but other than that, for the you know the D line really handled that Giants offensive line more often than not, and and I think Schwartz bringing a lot of blitz. Nate Gary with a sack. How about that? I thought the Alex Singleton yep. literally running through Devontae Freeman uh, was wild. So I thought again, like not great, like not outstanding. Could have just come in and completely shut a bad Giants team down and and won the game that way without making it close, but they played well enough to win. I'm not going to I'm not going to kill the defense for too much tonight again considering yeah. that they're undermanned. Yeah, I think if I told you before the game to give up 21 points, you would probably feel pretty good about the Eagles chances of winning that game. By the way, I predicted predicted on the pregame show uh on WIP 23-22. Yeah. Eagles. And I so think you I, did uh I, I think you did 24-23 on our pod, right? Yeah, so I was. You, you were. Know, you were. I, no, actually, no, no, don't. No, whatever this. Hell One of a point. I mean, hell you know. of a call by you, man. Seriously, that is. And a, I'm up. That's a legitimately great nothing. call. Yeah. yeah, you're up one. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for rubbing it in. All right. No problem. Thanks for no me problem. believing in um, my birds. Got me screwed in our picks thing. You're only got back two picks for the season now. This is devastating. Yep. Don't ru- don't um, ruin right, a victory so, night, Elliot. <laughs> so the defense yes um i mean look 21 points ultimately bottom line business as we say that's good enough to win uh when you look at the stats i mean the giants were 30 percent on third down that's obviously a good showing from the defense um i thought there were definitely plays be made that the giants just didn't make i mean a huge play in this game ends up being third and seven fourth quarter 214 to play in the game evan ingram wide open down the field he has oh at least oh like my two god Got lucky. Um, Got lucky. Maybe not a perfect throw from Daniel Jones, but definitely good enough to be caught. I mean, it hit both of Evan Ingram's hands. Got lucky. If they catch that, you think at least they get a field goal there, and that potentially ends up being the difference in the game. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say the defense played great, but they did force three turnovers. They allowed 21 points, 30% on third down. Like, those are the stats Jim Schwartz cares about. Um, they five and 5.9 yards per play overall when at one point they were averaging close to eight something in the first half. So they did improve as the game went on. They allowed, let me see, two touchdowns in the second half, uh, one in the fourth. So I, I thought the defense gets C plus B minus. Yeah. B minus. That, that seems totally fair. C plus B minus seems totally fair. Then, yeah. and, uh, I, you know, I think Jim Schwartz did a good job. I, I, I thought, you know, he he's always so hesitant to to do that much blitzing, and and I thought it really worked out against his offensive line. Um, all right, let me find. It's, it's still so it's still so crazy to me that I'm sitting here watching a Carson Wentz victory press conference as he smiles. Like it just blows my mind to think of how quickly this game changed. But sorry, I know that's like your theme. Like it's unbelievable. You said this like four times. It really caught you off guard. No, I, I just it's crazy to me. Yeah, well, it's so funny because the way I am as an Eagles fan. Um, when they go into these games, a peek inside my soul. Uh, when they go inside That's into it. these games against the Giants and Washington, particularly over the last few years, like the games where they're even when they're beat up and whatever, they're better. Like you're playing a, a really bad football team. Like they have to basically lose for me to not believe they're going to win. Like it's so hard for me to give up on mm-hmm. my belief that I'm going to beat these teams that I hate so bleeping much like and that i know that we should beat 
because we're better than them, even in situations where we're just marginally better than them, because they're so bad, Elliot. So I, I'm not as shocked by it as you are, but it's only because of my general optimism as an Eagles fan, which you know I think we would um, definitely say out, you know, I, out optimism you when it comes to the Eagles. I would say. So this is making its way around the, the Twitter sphere. It does not look like this was on Parks Casino, which is unfortunate. But somebody oh, I just put a hundred dollar Yeah, his last yeah. hundred dollars or something. Put a hundred dollars down for a Sterling Shepard touchdown, Eagles money line, Carson Wentz first touchdown score, Carson Wentz over two forty seven yards, and Boston's got touchdown. He goes from a hundred dollars to winning forty six thousand dollars. Yeah. That's well, and he, and he tweeted that it was his last uh, last hundred dollars or something like that. Pretty wild. That seems like a lie. Yeah, that seems like a lie. I don't know. That feels like. I don't know. But it's pretty wild. Well, it seems so like a bad back, bad back use of your last hundred dollars. However, it played out. And I mean, a fool a fool for yeah. not betting with Parks Casino Sportsbook anyway. But probably would have won forty six thousand. Yeah, but well, I mean, Parks is um, way better anyway the best you definitely have to download the app and use park sportsbook casino and that is the way to go um so are the eagles a bad team yeah i still think they're a bad team yeah i think so yeah i mean they are i think so too they're it's okay they're not i mean they're certainly not a good team right i mean gradations of bad are they are they kind of bad? Are they really bad? I don't know. You know, I don't know why. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't think they're really bad. I think they're like a kind of bad team. You know, they're like uh, a team that's gonna win six games probably. <laughs> like that's what they feel like. Well, this was a big one. I mean, this was probably the easiest five game six games there. somewhere in that range would be my guess. Um, yeah. yeah. Look, they had to get this one tonight. Let me fire a few a few things off of you to get your take on. Um, we talked about Boston Scott for a minute. Uh, quickly, though, do you think, like, you know, last year, obviously, there was circumstance, but even when Miles came back, Boston Scott was more involved, and it seemed like Doug utilized him better. Do you think this could maybe get Doug going a little bit with, with his how he uses Boston Scott moving forward? Yeah, I think it could. I mean, look, you catch that touchdown at the end of the game. I think you you deserve, you know, more playing time. And with Miles Sanders hurt, maybe, uh, you know, he's going to be getting it anyway. My question back at you is, do you think Miles Sanders makes that catch? The way that oh, Carson man. and him have kind of struggled. I don't know. Page, That's a really know? great question. I think it's impossible to know. Like, um, I don't know, man. That was a really impressive catch. I don't know how many people in that moment make that catch. Um but I was just impressed in general with uh, with Boston Scott. We talked about Fulgham. Are, are you with me? Is do you think Travis like is uh, all right? I know you're with me. I don't even need to ask you. You Travis Fulgham's yeah. legit, but like, how legit is this guy? Like, I, I thought you know, he's obvious, legit, legit. Yeah, he's legit, right? I mean, the, some of the that one catch on the sideline with the extension and the getting the first and second foot down was like, you know, and I know he wasn't perfect. There were, there was a ball or two he should have had that he didn't, but. He was, he's impressive, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, when he had the big game, the game winning touchdown against the Steelers, uh, the uh, 49ers, you would say, okay, it looks like they have something here. And then he has obviously that awesome game against the Steelers. And it's like so good that you say, okay, he's, he's not that, but what, what is he? Um, and then last week against the Ravens, he did what he did. I think he is like probably a top two starting receiver. And that's, that is a big deal. Like that's not slating him by saying he's not 
you know, Julio Jones or like the number one dominating receiver. I think he could legitimately be a number two starting receiver on a very good team. Like when the, if the Eagles build right and they become a team that's, you know, consistently winning 11 games, 12 games, like you can win with Travis Fulgham as your receiver. You don't need to go out there and, you know, make all big, big type of moves at receiver and have Travis Fulgham be like your fourth guy. I think if Carson Wentz is playing well and that Travis Fulgham is definitely good enough. And as much as we rip Howie, you know, he deserves credit for this one. If we're going to rip Howie for the players that aren't good, he deserves credit for finding one off of the waiver wire, if I'm not mistaken, in, in training camp, uh, keeping them, um, putting them up, right? Like, he deserves credit yep. for that. So He does. You're he, absolutely I think right. Travis Fulgham, he does. Travis Fulgham could be your starting receiver opposite Jalen Rager if Jalen Rager turns into I mean, what he you think be he's going to be. He could be what, what they drafted J.J. to be, right? I mean, that's the, that, like, theoretically, right. it could be what J.J. was supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, I almost forgot about J.J. when talking about the future. So, yeah. I mean, look, Travis Fulgham, I thought— As you should, Elliot, as you should. It's so sad. J.J. Ortega Whiteside makes one catch, and it's like a joke on Twitter, as it should be. As it should be. It's so sad. Well, so there was one play, and I thought this was a very poor throw by Carson, but it ended up working out. Um, I think it was like in the fourth quarter— or no, it must have been in the third quarter— uh, deep to Travis Fulgham. He's wide open. If he makes a bigger throw, Travis Fulgham is in the end zone. But what Fulgham does a great job of is he's very good at playing the ball in the air. Like, he's very good at reading where it's going to be. And he really does go up and get it. And that matters a lot. I mean, that's something Jalen Mills talked about. He saw from him in training camp, that he goes up and gets the ball. And you see that, and it helps with a guy like Carson, who is frankly never going to be an extremely accurate quarterback. You need someone that's going to go up and get it. It's kind of what the Eagles were thinking with Alshon. And he's not quite as big as Alshon. He's definitely not like as thick as Alshon. But he does that same thing where he goes up and gets it. And I think he can be this starting receiver for a long time here. Wow. How wild would that be? It would be, wouldn't it be nice with all the missed draft picks on wide receivers? Wouldn't it just be nice if we finally got one? Lucked into one? That would be pretty cool. And again, I'm not saying luck in the sense that how he doesn't deserve credit well, for it. Yeah, but like, there, there's some luck It's pretty, there. that's my point. Like, locked into it. And that's, uh, that'd be awesome. He looks legit. Like you said, he attacks the ball. Like, he catches it with his hands. Like, he goes for it. Uh, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to, and John Hightower, really nice catch tonight. It was awesome to see that. But, like, he, Well, like, he definitely knows how to get open down the yeah, field. Yeah, he does. I mean, this is now three weeks yeah, in a row. Yeah, you're right. If busted. you're, like, flipping it around, he does, Yeah. I mean, and part of that is busted coverage. I thought, you know, the first time he was open, really maybe both times last week was busted coverage, but the guy is open down the field. Like, for whatever it's happening, I mean, he's getting open down the field. He's been more open down the field than Deshaun has been since week one of last year. Yeah. Like, he this he gets open, and it's a, it's a skill. So, um, and you look, Deshaun's hurt. I thought that was a, a, from the press box at least, it looked like it was a cheap hit on him late. It was. Um, it now, both looked, were cheap. looked like the cheap hit was on his head, so maybe that didn't isn't why he hurt himself. I didn't see a replay of it, but uh, it's a shame that he's hurt. But if the result of that is John Hightower is going to play more, like, I'm good with that. I, I thought that, you know, putting Deshaun in early, and I get why Doug did it, but when I was watching them, like, try to run the offense through Deshaun, I'm like, what are they doing here? And, again, credit to Doug for doing it because you have to if he's going to play. But it's just so silly to think that they, they're like, let's get Deshaun involved. That's not how they need to be running the offense. They need to be running it for Carson. They need to be getting these young guys out there. Look, I mean, John Hightower drops that pass last week. He catches it this week. Like, that's growth. That's, that's, that, that's why in 2021 he'll be a better receiver for getting these snaps. Yeah. You, you know I'm 100% with you on that. Um, all right. Um, two more things 
for me. Um, and hold on, I, I'm I had one here. I'm pulling through my notes here. I want to make sure. Oh yes, okay. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, not a ton. Oh, yeah, I've comparatively, I there. Uh, not a ton comparatively. Um, the stuff that they did didn't work tonight. Uh, we didn't see, you know, any of that explosive type of stuff, but again, they didn't really go to it a lot. And again, you know, I told you, I didn't like the, the two point call there. I thought that was just a weird spot to go to it considering what Wentz had just done. But regardless, what do you think of the Hertz packages, the lack of Hertz, all that? Mm -hmm. So I don't think that this team is going to be carried to the playoffs by a two quarterback system, right? So I am okay with them not playing Jalen Hurts. Like, th this team is going to have to live and die with Carson at quarterback, regular offense, and see how that goes. So I'm not going to kill them for not putting Hurts in a ton, but it is weird that a week after, he was a clear spark to the offense, um, he played well, and that's, like, all the talk, is that you come in, and I, I don't have his snap count in front of me, but I, he might have got to seven snaps, but it wasn't it wasn't certainly as an effective seven snaps. Um, I didn't I didn't understand the decision not to use him a lot. I'm okay with it, but it definitely didn't look as effective as it did last week. And I think that's what you're going to see. Like when defenses have time to prepare for it, it's not that hard to stop. Like it, I also think having Carson out there at receiver is so silly. Like if you're going to put Jalen Hurts out there, at least don't play a man down. Like Carson at, at receiver is not threatening anybody. It's not, the defense is not worried about him. I get that he blocks hard when he's out there, but if you're going to put Jalen Hurts in a quarterback, then put another receiver out there with him. Or throw the ball to Wentz, like, and thus keep them honest. Well, I, I, I want zero. I, I, look, I don't, I don't need any of the hurt stuff. Like, you know, how I feel the same thing. And it just didn't work tonight. And like you pointed out, it's not going to work as much once defenses see it and start to react to it. I'm a, I'm 100% with you. Um, and, you know, I think it's silly. This is not a two-quarterback system. Like, this is a Carson Wentz offense. And, you know, they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round, and they got a lot of injuries, and that's the situation we'll find ourselves in. But um, it certainly didn't work tonight when they did use it. Um, I lied. I have two more things now for you. So that's what I get for, for, for fumbling through my notes there. All I right. got time. Okay, good. Two more. Well, you also still have to drive home from the stadium and do all this stuff. So I don't, yeah. you know. But right. I'm, I'm glad to talk about I'm this. I'm having game. a blast. Uh, thank God they won. All right, two more. Yeah. Uh, Jake Elliott uh, is a problem. I saw your tweet. Explain why Jake Elliott's probably not going anywhere right now. But, but with that in mind, after you explain that, Tell me what the hell you would do because he's clearly in a real funk right now. Well, what's crazy is Jake Elliott was given a five-year, $21 million contract with $10.45 million guaranteed, which at the time Hell you probably don't think season. it's a huge deal. Yeah, but in retrospect, and I, that's fucking wild to give a kicker <laughs> that long it's of a insane. deal. It's insane. Like, how did we miss this? How did we not talk about it when it happened? Yeah. How, like, what yeah. the fuck Especially is that? Especially with how quickly things turned around. So He's a um, kicker. if you look at Jake, that's what happened. Yeah. This fucking kicker. Oh my god. Yeah, a little bit of a cursing streak for us there. Maybe you know what I mean. That's it's getting late. It, we right, had so, to. It's yeah, we had to, and it's almost better. So if if they cut if they cut Jake Elliott, it's eight point one million dollars in dead money, and it cost them five million dollars in cap space. In oh. fact, even next year, even twenty twenty one. They, if they cut Jake Elliott, it cost them $5 million. Or I should take that back. Sorry. It cost them next year, it cost them three. This year, it will cost them five. I was looking at wow. pre June 1st cut, not, but still lots of money. So <laughs> for a kicker, um, for a kicker. 
So Jake Elliott's not going anywhere. They're not going to carry two two kickers on the uh, roster. So he's obviously a concern. I mean, it's three straight weeks. Uh, you know, that by the end of the game, the Giants are driving for a field goal and not for a touchdown because he missed that kick. A 29-yarder, no excuse not to make it. Um, two plays tonight I could have made. The 29-year-old field goal and the Daniel Jones touchdown. Run, <laughs> I would have scored a touchdown on that. So well, you would have big, you big hold up, for... hold up. You would have only scored a touchdown if you were spotted the lead that Daniel Jones had and the spot where he fell on the yard line. There's no way you're running away from NFL players for the first no. 80 we'll, yards we'll never of the know. run. But... <laughs> we'll never know. We'll, we'll never know. You're we'll the never best. Know. But you're the best. But with with Jake Elliott. I mean, they're just going to have to stick with him. That's really that's oh, all there is to it. They're not going to sign another kicker. I mean, Jesus. maybe if it gets really bad, all of a sudden he's injured and they IR him. Oh. But I, I, I think you're just going to have to ride it out with him. And he's made. I mean, to his credit, he's made a lot of big kicks for him. He's never really had accuracy issues. Although I think from 50 plus, he's been pretty inaccurate recently. But I mean, he has been a pretty clutch kicker. I think. I you know outside of the miss against the Steelers, so I'm contradicting myself as I say these things. But you you have to you have to stick with him flat out. You have no choice. Oh, buddy. All right. Um, last thing. And one more quick shout out to Rich Rod. Richard Rogers. Hell of a night. Your leading Eagles receiver. I, he was very good. I was impressed with Rich Rod. He was wide open a couple times. Um, all right. Last thing I got for you. Uh, from the pregame show, Jay Glazer, and this was going around Twitter and all that, but Jay Glazer talked about how he um, has been told that the Eagles are calling around. And this is prior to a game that I'm mm -hmm. sure they expected they had a good chance to win. So, uh, you know, I'm sure that they put that in their calculus. But the Eagles calling around a team saying they're, they're willing to sell, willing to get rid of some of their veteran players. Obviously, you know, we know the list of guys we've talked about, whether it's Deshaun or Ertz or Alshon. And obviously all three of those, the injuries, a big issue, particularly Deshaun and, and Ertz now are injured at the moment. But, you know, who knows yeah. who else? I'm like, I'm Malik Jackson or this, that. Like, there's, you know, there's guys – um, what did you think about that report? And what do you think about the concept of, of, you know, two, four and one uh, kind of first place ish in the division or whatever it is. Well, um, I'm, I'm okay with trading Deshaun. I'm okay with yeah. trading Alshon. Um, the Ertz thing, I mean, they, they can't trade him now because he's on IR and Albert beer of sports illustrated had an interesting note that I guess this year with IR, there's a minor and a major designation. And if you're designated, minor you're not allowed to trade him but if you're designated major you are and the eagles designated him minor okay. so they made the decision themselves to basically take him off the trade market so i wouldn't have traded her it's barring uh you know an incredible offer so i'm okay with that um you know it's it's late so i'll throw this kind of hypothetical by you like would you trade brandon brooks i mean he kind of oh. makes sense herbig's played yeah man. it's uh, really he's interesting a guy i mean I don't know how the contract would work out, but I'm okay to I'm okay with. I would I would guys. do it. I mean, look, this team the way it's built right now probably shouldn't be spending fifty million dollars on a guard or you know whatever he comes out to twenty million a year, eighteen million a year. Like that that money can be better spent at other spots. I think so. Yeah, I would trade Brandon Brooks as much as I love the guy. Yeah. So um, I'm quickly, look, quickly okay before with... we get off Brandon Brooks, where the hell is Isaac Samalo? Is he ever coming back? Like, what's the deal? Do you do you know anything? Like I think that? his injury is more serious. Clearly. I think he's like a post buy, yeah, post buy uh, type uh, of guy. Okay, anyway, um, and you know, I look, Opeta did not play well, but you know, you can't expect these guys to step in and play well off the jump. Like, they're going to improve the more they play, in, in theory at least. So, I'm not going to sit here and say Opeta sucks. He's never going to be good. I mean, he had some bad snaps, but 
you know, you have to give these guys time to develop and play. Um, so, I mean, you would put Sayamalu back out there when he's healthy, but I'm not ready to like completely write off Suopeta because he had a bad game tonight. Yeah, I, I'm totally with that. Um, all right, that's all I got. You got um, anything else? No, I mean, just make it to the playoffs healthy and see what happens. Healthy, relatively right? <laughs> healthy is a relative term these days. Yeah, right? yeah so... God, um, I can't I'm happy for the GoBirds listeners yeah. that this was a victory pod. They yeah, won. this was, and now we 11 days before Dallas Look, week and extended week. Yeah, uh, that's a great point, Elliot. It's definitely this week will be a lot more fun with Dallas week after winning that game because this game is incredibly important. It's a big freaking game, and. <laughs> Look, NFL games are special. They're rare. We only get guaranteed 16 of them a year, and we, you know, at best get 20 for our team, right? 19 for our team, whatever. I guess yeah. 20 if you play in the wild card round. Um, so, you know, they're, they're – or no, no, I'm right, 19 the first time. Anyway, the point is 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 they're not something to be taken lightly. Like, it's it's – yeah, I mean, yeah, every I'm, time you get a I'm win, away. every time you get a win, that's cool is my point. On my way to the stadium, um, I did a radio hit in Memphis, of all places. And they said, you know, you're going into this game tonight. Tell me why I should be excited. And I was like, Cause it's a primetime Eagles-Giants game. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's exciting that, you know, that's the matchup in a primetime game. I don't care about the quality of football, to be honest. It's the drama of it. And the last thing I'll say before we wrap this up is they won at the end. So, like, that matters more, in my opinion, than what you saw before that. It just does. And you could still look at what happened before and be concerned about this team, and I think that's fair. But they did win the game. And they did. And I think that's that's the more that's just frankly the more important important part. Yeah. Look, the Eagles still have a great chance to win the NFC East. As crazy, yeah, as wild and as bad as they are. And you know what? That's awesome. Hey, if nothing else, we can end the stupid talk about the same team hasn't won the division. In back-to-back years since 2004. It's true. How about that, Elliot? It's true. How's that for a win if we can win the division this year? So that would be done. Over. Enough. Yeah. That's really – that's all that matters comes out of <laughs> this year. We don't have to hear that's about what that. That's what I'm – that's my new platform. That's why I want to make the playoffs. Boom. Um, all right. This has been a blast. Uh, again, uh, rate and review the podcast when we get to 2,000 five-star reviews. We're going to take the SATs, post the scores. We'll read some of the reviews on the next pod. Uh, of course, later uh, this week, uh, tomorrow, uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, I guess it technically is Friday now, Elliot. It is Friday, <laughs> 12.40 yes. in the morning on Friday. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Saturday, 1 to 3 on WIP. Check us out. We'll obviously be talking about the game more. And uh, and then, of course, next week, the usual slate of pods and all that. So for Elliot, I'm James, and Eagles Victory Pod. We'll talk to you guys later.